Hi there, I'm Liz, and welcome to The Growlery. This is a space all about having fun with critical thinking, maybe hearing a different perspective than yours, and getting a few laughs in, because thinking about things is far too important to be taken seriously. Here we discuss and think through the media artifacts this crazy, unstable world produces, from books, movies, music, and video games, and for today's episode, we're talking about the 2021 horror film, Black Friday. Thank you so much for being here today. If you're new here, thanks for stopping by. And just so you know, this is a podcast that comes out every two weeks with every other episode this season being about a banned book in the United States. But like for this episode that you've stumbled upon for today... I also talk about media artifacts and their historical and social implications. So definitely follow if you're into having something new to ponder or learn about every other week. If you're a returning listener, you already know how much I appreciate you coming back every other week to listen to me talk and words can't express how truly grateful I am. And I hope that the coming holiday and winter season is a joyful experience and you're able to spend it with people that make you feel loved and supported. Life's too short to spend it any other way, at least in my opinion. As for me, this time of year always brings out those fond memories of working overtime at every single retail job I've worked. You know, that crazy rush for the red cup when I was a barista at Starbucks. The demands to speak to my manager because the customers were upset about the return policy. Or my personal favorite, when customers would slam on the doors to try and get me to open the store after I had closed it on a Black Friday. And I have been working ever since I was 15 years old and I was able to get a work permit. And I have worked all kinds of weird jobs from working at a local toy store to Barnes and Noble to being a barista at Starbucks to serving beer at the Hollywood Bowl. And so in reflection of this holiday shopping season, and due to these fond memories, please note the sarcasm when I say fond, I have decided that I wanted to cover the 2021 horror film Black Friday because what is more terrifying and traumatic than consumerism? And currently I'm working a full-time 9-to-5 job, which I'm extremely grateful for. But there is parts of me that kind of miss the chaos and kind of the absurdity of working retail. So I hope you enjoyed our discussion for this episode. So for today's episode, I will be talking through a brief history on Black Friday, kind of where the name comes from and how it came about. Then I'll give an overview of the 2021 horror film Black Friday, and I'll be focusing in on some scenes that I felt describe this American holiday shopping experience. And please note that Black Friday for retail and the crazy stories that come from it do happen worldwide. It's not just in particular to America. But since I only have my retail experience in the United States, I'm just speaking from my experience and what I have seen as a retail worker in the United States. But again, I just wanted to focus in on some of the scenes that I felt really 
described that retail working experience, especially during the holidays. And hey, if you got a wild holiday retail working experience, I would love to share it on the podcast and I can definitely share a few of mine if you're interested. So please feel free to write in. I definitely would love to hear about them and again, share them with your permission. So with that, let's just get into it. So the term Black Friday was first recorded to be used on September 24th in 1869 when the United States gold market crashed. Now, the U.S., specifically for California history, there was an event called the Gold Rush, where after the fabled discovery of gold at Sutter's Mill in 1848, a huge migration of people from all over the world and especially on the East Coast colonies came west to California in the hopes to get in on the get-rich-quick dream, or the American dream, or manifest destiny, or whatever you want to call it. And there's a lot more history with the gold rush, but for now, we're going to go ahead and go back to 1869, where Wall Street financiers Jay Gold and Jim Fisk decided to buy up as much of the United States gold as they possibly could. However, on Friday, September 24th, 1869, their plan essentially blew up in their face as their actions crashed the stock market and basically made everyone go bankrupt. From your stockbroker to your farmer, everyone was bankrupt. Which this event solidified Jay and Jim in history as the OGs of the finance broskies. And that's where we see the first recorded usage of Black Friday. Doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the retail experience. It's just more of the uh, little goof that these two finance guys did by trying to buy up all the gold in the U.S. <laughs> but aside from them, there's a common story that gets fed to the general public about why the shopping holiday Black Friday is called Black Friday. So the story that gets spun is that when companies do their accounting, they record their losses as being in the red, and the profits are in the black. And apparently after a year of operating in the red, companies saw a profit in the black when the holiday shopping season began and consumers were dropping a ton of cash on quote-unquote discounted goods. And I put that in quotes because most of the time when you start kind of calculating up how much money you're spending on certain goods versus what they say that they're discounted at, you'll find that you're really not saving that much money. But that is my observation as a bargain hunter myself. Now, while this is true, it's kind of a myth and not exactly the reason why it's called Black Friday. Now, before I go into the main story, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a social media image post that has been circulating in the past few years about how Black Friday comes from how slave traders would sell slaves at discounted prices to plantation owners for the winter months. And 
While I personally wouldn't put it past slave traders to do such a thing, because slave traders have done similar things like that, I couldn't find anything to back up this particular history account. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, but the term Black Friday was first recorded with the gold market crash. So I just wanted to bring that up with the first recorded usage of the term Black Friday was technically after slavery was abolished in the United States. But again, I just because I couldn't find anything doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And there are other stories about how the day got its name, but it would be in the 1950s in the city of Philadelphia when rabid hordes of suburban shoppers and tourists descended upon the city in advance of an Army-Navy football game that was held on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Now, here's the thing about Philly and football games. I don't know what's in the water and if anyone can explain this to me, but win or lose for their Eagles football team The city somehow gets wrecked as if it is a time-honored tradition. There are reports of people climbing traffic lights, igniting fireworks, jumping on cars, screaming, what have you. And to quote a tweet from a Philly, I'm assuming, resident, quote, it's a Philly thing, end quote. So back to the 50s. As the city was flooded with people, and the cops were being overworked trying to keep the crowds in the city in order, people took advantage of the chaos, and on the Friday after Thanksgiving and right before the football game, people were shoplifting and looting stores, thus giving birth to the name of Black Friday to represent the chaos that happened upon that day. Over the years and sometimes in the 1980s, retailers began to try and push the narrative about the red to the black profit myth to insinuate that this is when American retail stores would finally turn a profit during the year. And the story stuck, turning it into what I believe a uniquely American capitalist holiday that is celebrated and anticipated for each year. However, even though the narrative changed, the chaos that occurs on Black Friday year after year has not also gone away or become any calmer. But with that, let's talk about the 2021 film, Black Friday. So normally when I talk about films, I just go ahead and read the synopsis from IMDb. However, I'm actually going to scroll a little bit down on the page to the storyline because I think the the paragraph for the storyline is actually a better synopsis than the synopsis that is listed. Anywho, this is what the movie is about. Quote, On Thanksgiving night, a group of disgruntled toy store employees begrudgingly arrive for work to open the store at midnight for the busiest shopping day of the year. Meanwhile, an alien parasite crashes to Earth in a meteor. This group of misfits led by store manager Jonathan and longtime employee Ken soon find themselves battling against hordes of holiday shoppers who have turned into monstrous creatures hell-bent on a murderous rampage on Black Friday. End quote. 
So the film stars Bruce Campbell, who is the general manager, Jonathan, and Bruce Campbell is the iconic actor from the Evil Dead franchise. The film also stars Michael Jai White, who plays Archie. And just a fun fact about Michael Jai White is that he was the first African-American actor to play a comic book superhero in a feature film, which was Todd McFarlane's Spawn in 1997. And I'm a Spawn fan, so this is a very important fact for me. But to move on, Stephen Peck is Brian, who's kind of the shift lead for the store. Brian Lee, who portrays Chris, a regular employee at this retail store, along with Ivana Vaquero as Marnie and Devin Sawa as Ken, the longtime employee. The film was released on November 19th of 2021, and the runtime of the film is only 84 minutes. And I couldn't find a rating for this film. I do want to call it PG-13. I mean, there's some raunchy comments, but all the deaths occur off screen. And like, from what I've seen of other PG-13 horrors, all the deaths happen out of the audience's view. But aside from that, IMDb users gave this movie a 4.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has given this film a 65%. And the Google review users gave it a 2.7. So, you know, this film ain't a masterpiece. And typically, as a consumer, and I know I've stated this a few times on the podcast, I, I don't really care too much for the reviews. I take them with a grain of salt because... I'm a curious cat and I like to do my research and experience it for myself, even if it's going to be a horrible experience. And I know the reviews say it's going to be a horrible experience. But I I do want to make a quick note that throughout doing this podcast, my opinion on reviews has really changed. I I had kind of this um, indifferent or apathetic kind of view towards reviews, but they honestly are really helpful and give so much constructive criticism. And I'm just saying for all the authors and creators out there, if you can just put your ego aside for a moment, definitely, I think reviews are a great tool to improve what you're trying to accomplish with your art. But to move on in our discussion, I just want to say that while I know this movie isn't great, I like the movie for what it is. It's a cute, cozy, bee camp horror film. It's definitely got a lot of room for improvement, but I think what I enjoyed about the film is what I enjoy about the horror genre in general, which is the creative ways that they are able to emphasize social and political issues like, yeah, there's a scary monster, but a good deal of what makes the horror come to life is from the mundane real-life situations that we face which is often portrayed by how the characters are behaving and interacting with the monster and with each other. Now, there are so many ways you can define horror, and you can also track how those definitions have evolved over time. For me, this film falls into the category of camp horror, which is this absurd, exaggerated, overly stylized, it's meant to be funny and just enjoyable. And it's my favorite subgenre of horror. 
And again, I can concede that the writing in this film could have been better. But I loved the concept of the film, and especially having worked in retail and customer service for almost a decade, there were some scenes that reminded me of those experiences and allowed me to like fondly remember them and and just laugh at kind of the absurdity of those situations. So while the film may not be a masterpiece, it was still a fun experience. So with that, let's talk a little bit about some of those scenes that I felt were pretty relatable. When the film's main story begins, we're taken to the night of Thanksgiving Day, which I know I mentioned that Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving, and I didn't really give a description of what Thanksgiving is. It's not a holiday that I celebrate. I've never really celebrated it with my family. It's kind of one of those weird moments in U.S. history that definitely got whitewashed throughout the years. If you watch the film Adam's Family Values, I know, kind of random, but if you go to the scene where Wednesday Adams is doing the Camp Thanksgiving play, she explains Thanksgiving and the whole controversy in the most succinct and digestible way. And that scene is linked in the show notes if you're interested in in watching that. But back to Black Friday. So among the retail workers in the film that are getting ready for their shift on Thanksgiving Day at the store We Love Toys is Ryan Lee's character, Chris. And I wanted to focus on his character intro. And what I liked about his intro is that we were given these quick little shots that showed like Chris using a lint roller on his apron or washing his hands to show that he has this issue with cleanliness and with his family. So just before Chris leaves for his shift, his dad is giving him a hard time about working his job, missing Thanksgiving, blah, blah, blah. And the rest of his family in front of him as he's getting ready to go to work are actively having their Thanksgiving meal. And this is something that I personally related to as when I was working as a teenager and young adult and having those arguments from my parents about not being home during the holiday season or I was working a retail job and somehow that was a a less than type of job, which is totally not true. (laughs) And I'm not sure if everyone else had this same experience But when I was working my retail jobs, I was told by my managers that I was not allowed to take time off during the holiday season. And oftentimes my requests were denied unless I was ill or it was an emergency. Like even school things were like such a hassle to try and get time off for. And again, like, I don't know if that was just me and my experience, but it was always such a battle to get time off during the holidays and just be with my family. And the holiday season really starts at Thanksgiving Day, which is technically a federal holiday. However, in the world of retail, because of Black Friday, it's often this kind of almost throwaway day where either you're working earlier in the day to help set up or you're working in the night to do that pre-Black Friday sale moment. It's not unheard of. And especially when you're part-time and working retail, you'll find that that's still a day that you have to work. 
if you're lucky, you'll get paid time and a half for these holidays, kind of like it's considered overtime. However, at least in California labor law, this is not technically a requirement to give any type of holiday pay or holiday bonus. And I found that interesting because there is a scene where the general manager kind of whispers like, no holiday bonus and there's going to be layoffs after the holiday season, which is just a little too true for how business works, like how these retail stores work. Like since they're not technically turning a profit, the layoffs are going to happen. And just to go back to Chris's character, who's already feeling like crap before his ship because of his issues with his parents, having to work that holiday night with no extra pay as an incentive, with a horde of suburban holiday shoppers already lining up outside of the door, banging on the glass. And there's this stress and angst that comes with his character that I can relate to, especially that like building dread as you are seeing customers lined up ready to attack the store. And with Chris's character and his need for cleanliness and wanting to constantly wash his hands and not touch anything and not really be around the customers. I felt like that was a good exaggeration of the anxiety of being a retail worker and having to be around other people. And speaking of anxiety, I know that I used to get really anxious seeing the crowds of people just outside of the door. I've personally been very lucky that on the Black Fridays that I've had to work. There were no stampedes or fights that occurred in the stores that I worked at. However, there are others that weren't so lucky. And there's a website actually called blackfridaydeathcount.com that has a running tally of the deaths and the injuries that have come from this day. I just mentioned that because I found it interesting that there was this kind of a counter. I feel like it's a little in poor taste. However, they do have a brief list of the incidences that have occurred on this day. And just I think it it goes to show that while we have a film like Black Friday, which is a horror comedy, very real events and very real attacks on retail workers, attacks between customers and customers and deaths have occurred because of this particular shopping holiday. In America, most of the deaths from when I was doing the research appear to be gun-related or even car crashes from having to stay up really late to get to the store and then not having enough sleep when you're trying to drive back home. But stampedes are a really big issue on this day because people are gathering up at the door ready to essentially charge in and get their hands on either a flat screen TV that's super discounted or another deal. For example, in 2008 at a New York, Long Island Walmart, an employee was trampled to death. And along with in 2011 at a Target, there was another person that was trampled to death just because of the sheer amount of people trying to push their way into the store. And from parking spot disputes to rapidly trying to grab items, these mobs of people have done some damage and all in the name of getting materialistic objects. And just a small message, no object is worth that amount of violence. 
And I just, I hope you stay safe if you do plan on shopping on that day. But what I like about how the film handles the subject is that it uses the parasite from the meteor to amplify what the shoppers are already like. So like in that shot, when the doors are first open to the We Love Toys store, we see in the film that the customer's are rushing in and if you look carefully enough at the facial makeup that they're using they seem kind of sickly and zombie-like and it's just emphasizing this sort of sleep-deprived mindless kind of annoyed rage as they tear through the store just clearing shelves of the toys. As the shopping goes on the parasitic infection intensifies in the shoppers and causes one to attack Chris, which is sad to think that really isn't an exaggeration. I know that I've had a customer spit at me and then there was one time a customer tried to like punch my manager and my manager ended up dodging that like a champ. But still, like customers can be really dangerous sometimes. But most of all, I just really appreciated the gradual way that the makeup on the customers in the film got more and more intense until they came into their monstrous final form. And that progression, at least I felt, was a good way to capture the progression of the madness of the holiday shoppers. The final thing I wanted to bring up with this film is the final boss kind of ultimate problematic holiday shopper who is the number one grandma. And I only say number one grandma because that's actually what was on her necklace to identify her throughout the film. So this character was portrayed by actress Peg Holzemer, who did a phenomenal job of being that holiday customer that is just judgy and pushy as hell. And I think if you've worked retail, you've definitely had to deal with a customer like her. This kind of customer is the one that will get frustrated and angry because you're having issues with your register because you're taking too long or like what she was doing with Chris by basically hurling insults at him because he was trying to get his register working even though there was this questionable sticky gooey stuff all over the keys of his register and even when Brian who's the shift lead tells her to go go wait in a specific area to have someone help her she walks away with that like huff of annoyance and I don't know it's just so perfect just even when she was like sitting down in Santa's chair waiting to get helped with the blob meteorite glowing underneath her chair it was a good portrayal of that one type of customer who's just doesn't matter how nice you are or how much you try and help them they just really don't care too much because they you know they probably have some other things going on at home or they're in a rush to be somewhere. And I can understand to an extent. But as the movie plays out, she becomes kind of the first one that we see that turn into this monstrous alien turkey, which was a nice way to like, in my opinion, blend the two holidays of like, obviously people are Christmas shopping, but it is technically Thanksgiving night. 
So, yeah, why not have a alien turkey? I hope it was an alien turkey. It looked like an alien turkey. But anywho, what I really enjoyed was how she becomes this main monster that morphs with the other holiday shoppers to become, like, the monstrous embodiment of all petty complaints, demanding requests, arguments with the manager to get their way, animosity towards the people that work the store that they're shopping at. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like, um, entitlement. That's the word I'm looking for. So, like, our number one grandma becomes the ultimate monstrous embodiment of consumer entitlement. And that's a pretty scary monster. And to just kind of close this episode out with some final thoughts, like, I think the concepts of this film were great. And I think Bruce Campbell, I mean, Bruce Campbell always brings his A game to any film. And definitely, I wish there were some more scenes with Michael Jai White. I wish that... Uh, There were some more jokes and funny moments kind of put in there, but I think for what it is, it's a good, cozy, campy horror film, and I really hope that you check it out for yourself for this holiday season. Maybe you might enjoy it. If not, at least you tried. (laughs) If not, take it as a creative writing assignment. Like, how would you make this film better? I think for me personally, there were a lot of really good characters in there that I think could have been developed a little bit more like there's someone who is just starting their first day on Black Friday. And I think that could have been a cool little storyline to develop just a little bit more. But yeah, just going into this holiday season, please remember that your life is far more important than a good deal and the objects that were manufactured for much cheaper than what the price point they're being sold at, even if it says it's on a discount. You are more valuable than those objects. And have a safe holiday shopping experience if that is something that you will be doing this year. So next episode, I will be talking about the band book, This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson. And just to give a quick, I guess, outline for the next three episodes, I am going to be talking about This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson for next episode. Then the episode after that, we are going to be talking about the poem a visit from St. Nicholas slash the night before Christmas. And then the final episode of the year is going to be kind of reflecting on the episodes of this year and what's in store for next season. So yeah, please stay tuned for all of that. If you'd like to keep up to date on the happenings with this podcast, go ahead and slide on over to at growlery underscore pod on Instagram. And check it out along with all the other episode artwork. At the moment, that is where I'll have most of my announcements. I do also have a TikTok at Liz from the Growlery where I do crafts and occasionally post about the episodes. So follow along if you wish. And please let me know what you think about today's episode. And if you'd be so kind, 
rate and review wherever you're listening. Share it if you feel it's worth sharing. You can also send me a message on my website, growlerypod.com, or email me at lizfromthegrowlery at gmail.com with suggestions on what you would like me to cover or a question you'd like me to explore. I would love to hear your thoughts, feedback that you have, random stories, anything at all. All the contact info is in the show notes. So until next time. Feel free to practice safe holiday shopping and maybe just hold off on the deals for a little bit. Feel free to treat retail employees like human beings because they are. Feel free to watch more holiday-themed horror movies even if they're not that great. You can still have a good time, I promise. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening. Bye.